Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, uh, this morning we deal with the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. And we confess that fourth petition in Lord's Day 50 of the Heidelberg Catechism. And there we confess from the Word of God the following. What is the fourth petition? Give us today our daily bread, that is, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. So far, our confession. Brothers and sisters in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, boys and girls, that includes you too. Last week, um, June the 6th, you had the 69th anniversary of the Normandy invasion. That was a remembrance of that. That's when the, you know, that when the Allies landed on the shores of Europe and began to drive back the forces of Nazi Germany. It was a time of war, of homelessness, and hunger for a lot of people in Europe. Those times left an indelible mark on the people who lived through those times. My mother, for instance, went through that time and was quite frugal and a bit of a hoarder. My father couldn't stand it if you didn't eat everything on your supper plate. But my parents who went through that and so many others were extremely thankful for the food and shelter God provides because they knew how quickly things could change from almost one day to another. Today we easily get bored with the food on the table and it sometimes seems as if almost as much is thrown away as, as is consumed. And it's so easy to pick up a burger and a shake at a fast food place. You can just stay in your car, pick it up at the window, drive through. If you think about this, for whom would the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer give us today our daily bread? For who would this petition be more real? For those who grew up during the Great Depression of the 1930s or, or the last war? Or for us today in, in this prosperous nation and these prosperous times we live in today. For who would this petition be more real? I dare say it would be more real for those people who went through the depression or, the, or wartime. 
They, they know what it is to live hand to mouth. But then another question, for whom is learning the message of this petition of the Lord's Prayer more urgent? And this time I would dare say that it's for us, living in today's affluent society with supermarkets full of all kinds of food, all kinds of restaurants, fast food places, full fridges and pantries at home. If anybody needs to learn to pray this petition, it's us today. We do. Because praying for our daily bread reminds us time and time again that we live out of God's gracious hand. And that's something we so easily take for granted, don't we? So with that in mind, I proclaim to you the fourth petition of the prayer Christ taught us with this theme. Look to God for your daily bread. And we see that this means three things. First, pray. Secondly, work. And thirdly, trust. First, look to God for your daily bread means to pray. Pray. In the first place, we should note that Jesus taught us to pray for our daily bread so that we acknowledge that we need him, not just for our spiritual life, but also our physical life. That's in the Lord's day. That we acknowledge him as the only giver of good. It can be that, you know, that we think that he's not really that involved with our, with down-to-earth things like our sandwich and our clothing and our shoes and where we live and so on. We can think that God is interested in our souls, in our faith, our salvation, big things like that. He feeds us spiritually with his body and blood in the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper, as we saw last Sunday. But is there, there really need to bother him with everyday things like the bread and clothing that we need and so on, which we require for our physical life? A new pair of shoes? Nevertheless, congregation, Christ teaches us to fold our hands also in our quite prosperous times and to ask our Father in heaven for our daily bread. And then he makes clear with the petition for our daily bread that we not only depend on our Father in heaven for our spiritual life, but also for our physical existence, for our, our every breath and and every day he feeds and he, he takes care of us. In other words, not only Sundays, but also with regard to our work and income and food on Monday. They, they all, it all has to come from him. It has to come from him. Otherwise, you, could, you, you think that we only have a father in Christ on Sundays, but during the week we're on our own. We're kind of like orphans who have to look out for ourselves. No congregation, we receive the things we need for our daily life from God's hand too. Food 
and drink, clothing, shoes, house and its contents, furniture, income, possessions, pension, family, friends, the weather, vacation time. It all comes from God, and he wants to be asked for it all so that he sees that we acknowledge him as the giver of it all. Think of, of what it says, Psalm 104. You open your hand, and all creatures are filled with good things, and when you hide your face, they are troubled. Congregation, we daily live out of God's hand like that. We depend on him physically as well as spiritually. After all, Christ redeemed us body and soul. Also our bodies. If our stomachs are empty, it can become hard to work for God's kingdom and glory here on earth. And that's why the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. And he, he, he used three words in Matthew 7 to show that need to pray, to keep praying to our Father in heaven for all we, we need, to persist in this prayer. And he, in, in teaching those three words, he also, you also realize he shows us the need to pray persistently, to keep prayer in mind daily. First, he says, he says ask and it will be given to you. And then seek and you will find. And finally, knock and it will be opened to you. And if you think about it, there's an intensification with those three expressions the Lord Jesus uses for prayer. There's an escalation of urgency, you could say. A child asks if his father is nearby and he can see him. If his father isn't near and he can't see him, he seeks. He seeks. And if his father is in another room with a closed door, he knocks. You see an intensification of, of seeking from, from God. That's how it should be with praying to God for what we need. The Lord Jesus first talks about asking. When you pray, you show that you're looking to God to provide what you need. You expect your life from him. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, what did you ask from God yesterday? What did you ask? Think about it. Did you ask for the things which you were going to deal with that day? Did you ask him to provide you with your food and clothing for that day? Even though there was food in the fridge and you had enough to choose to wear on that day from your closet? Remember, remember, that the moment you ask those things from God, you are showing Him that you look to Him for those things, even if you already have them. You're acknowledging them as coming from Him. You don't presume on His goodness, but you acknowledge Him as the only fountain or source of all good in your life. If you do that, then you have a real relationship with your Father in heaven through His Son. 
And the Lord Jesus takes praying a step farther, makes it more intense. He says, seek. You know, if I've lost my keys, and that happens sometimes, I can ask others around me, you see my keys? You know, and you kind of walk around, but, you know, then, then I also seek those keys myself. You know, I check my coat pocket or the counter or drawer in my desk or so. Seek, so it is with Jesus' exhortation, not just to ask, but also then to seek. Seek the face of your Father in heaven. Show that you truly need him. You depend on him. Make every effort to seek him out. And how do you seek him? You seek him in the Bible, in the worship services, both worship services, if at all possible. Then you come to know what God has exactly promised to give his people, and you'll know exactly what to ask him for. You seek him, and then you'll find that he gives what you need too. Finally, the Lord Jesus tells us in Matthew 7 to knock. Knock on the door. God is the God of the covenant. He has promised to give his children many things, all that is for their good. Promised at our baptism to provide us with all good and avert all evil or turn it to our benefit. And he loves to be asked then for the good he promised us in Christ. From our daily bread to the forgiveness of all our sins, from a warm home to peace in our hearts. And then we knock, Lord, open to us as you promised. And when God promises, he gives when he's asked. That's what the Bible shows clearly all the way through. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things we need, as he promised? But we have to knock and keep knocking. Then it will be open to us we can't expect it to be open to us if we don't knock. God will do as he promised. He'll give us what he knows is good for us. But the thing is, we need to keep knocking. Pray persistently. Persistently. And that's what those three words the Lord Jesus used to describe prayer in Matthew 7 show then. We need to Pray, keep praying for all we need, even if it's all there already. Pray, pray persistently. He promised all we need, but we can't take it all for granted. We need to keep asking, seeking, knocking. Pray constantly, says the apostle. Persistent prayer is evidence of living in dependence on God, living in a real relationship with Him in Christ, looking up as a child to the Father, a living father-child relationship. 
is evidenced by persistent prayer. And we come to the second point of the sermon now, work. That the Lord Jesus Christ, Matthew 7, tells us to pray persistently, to ask, seek, and knock, doesn't mean, brothers and sisters, that when we do that, we can just sit back and, and uh, relax with our arms crossed, waiting for God to give us what we need. No, we're told in the Bible to pray and to work. The Apostle Paul writes to Thessalonians 3, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Our food comes from God. He can provide us without work, like he did for the Israelites in the wilderness, gave them bread from heaven. We don't work for a living. We work for God. But if there is unwillingness to work, if we just sit back and become lazy and don't work, then he's not going to provide either. We need to work and make use of the opportunities God gives us to work and to earn and then expect the blessing on that from our Father in Christ. Whether, whether you're careful about your work and the future or whether you're willing to take risks, remember that success depends on God. Success depends on God. We read part of Ecclesiastes 11. It says in the first verse of that chapter, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it again after many days. And then the second verse, the Spirit says, give a serving to seven, even to eight, also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Now, if you think those two verses through, it would appear that they give contradictory advice, actually. The first verse is about taking risks with career or money or so. You cast your bread upon the waters. That means you, you take a big risk because who would throw their bread out on the water? It seems that you're acting recklessly. You're investing in something that kind of touch and go. You're sowing a new crop that you don't know whether it will or not. The result, you know, the result can still be unexpectedly maybe success with your enterprise. You find, you find that bread again after many days. It takes a long time, but after many days you find it again. Think of starting a new business. It can be a, a risky business. Starting a, a, a new kind of business, but... It could bring success after a long time. That's casting your bread on the water. On the other hand, maybe you don't want to take any risks. You want to be, uh, maybe you feel it's wise not to take risks. You want to be careful. And then you're not going to put all your eggs in one basket, try to put everything into a business that you want to start. No, you're, you're going to spread things out. You give a serving to seven or even eight, as it says in verse 2 of Ecclesiastes 11, because you never know what evil might come on the earth. So you've got to spread things out. 
You may seem to be way too cautious then, but at least you're not going to lose everything at one time if something bad happens. See, congregation, what the Spirit says with those two apparently contradictory verses at the beginning of Ecclesiastes, one about risk, taking risks, and the other about being really careful. What the Spirit says here is that we, we always have to remember that the success of our labor or our business is not something that is in our control. We can take big risks or we can be super careful, but it's ultimately God who determines the success of your enterprise. You need to act in dependence on Him, whether you take a risk or whether you're careful. Jesus Christ teaches us to pray for our daily bread because as we confess in Lord's Day 50, all our care and labor cannot do us any good without God's blessing. I can work hard and take risks. Without God's blessing, it'll be nothing. I can be very careful, spread all the eggs in many baskets. Without God's blessing, it won't do us any good. And if it does good, then it's God's blessing. And when you read further in Ecclesiastes 11, you see how that's emphasized in the following verses too. You know, and we don't know the way of the wind, verse 5. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Think of the tornadoes in the United States recently. You know, you can carefully build up a good business or maybe you took a big risk and set up a big building and now you've got stuff for sale and a tornado comes through, as happened in the U.S. recently, and it's all gone in a breath, a matter of seconds, completely destroyed. It's God who is in control. And we also can't see exactly how a child grows in the womb of his mother. Even not today, with all the ultrasound and so on, we don't see exactly what kind of child is growing. Whether that child will develop into a good person who brings joy or into a criminal who brings his parents much grief. Well, it says in verse 5, So you do not know the works of God, who makes everything. God is in control of it all. We don't control it. Remember that in all your work. See, we can assume that if we work hard and are careful, don't take too many risks, we can be successful. Or we may assume that if we stick our neck out and take some risk, we'll eventually reap big rewards. We can't assume anything. That's what it says here. Success is not in our own hands. It's in God's hands whether we end up successful or unsuccessful, profitable or not profitable in our work or our business. So what attitude should we as Christians take if we don't control the outcome of our labors and our enterprises? Well, the Spirit says in Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6, it says there, in the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand 
for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. In other words, work diligently, because you, you don't have the success of your labor in your own hands. It's in God's hands. You need to look at Him. Look to Him in all you do. Whether you're able to do this or to that, do what you can and give it all over to God in prayer. And He will answer you as He knows is best for you. The trouble is, congregation, we often assume we have more control over our own well-being than we actually do, don't we? That's what we assume. And then we look down on those who have less success than we do. Or we're envious of those who have more success than we do. But we have to remember, this is not in our hands. God just wants us not to be lazy, but to do our best to labor for Him. And then we can look to Him for blessing. Whether He gives much or little, He knows what He's doing. And then we can trust He'll give us what is good for us. We can trust that, and that brings us to the third and last point of the sermon this morning, trust Congregation, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know how things will go with the economy. We, don't, we do know, though, that God wants us to do our work faithfully as serving Him, as if He's our boss, to use our talents to the best of our abilities, to be wise as wise as we can be. But he wants us to do all this in an attitude, with an attitude of dependence on him. And that means then to pray always and in everything to continue to ask, seek, and knock. And then to trust that he will let us receive and find and have opened for us according to His will and His goodness. That's the promise the Lord wants us to trust according to Matthew 7. Because notice, after all, how the Lord Jesus repeats the effect of persistent prayer in verse 8. You know, He's already said in verse 7 about asking, seeking, and knocking. He, he repeats that. Repeats that there. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And then he repeats, verse 8, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. There's, there's repetition there. For emphasis, he gives us, the, with that repetition, the Lord gives us strong, powerful assurance that our Father in heaven will certainly 
answer our persistent prayers for His loving provision and blessing. And that's what that little parable of the asking child and the father in Matthew 7, 9, and 10 emphasizes then too. A normal loving father wouldn't give a child a stone if he asked for bread to eat or a snake if he asked for a fish to eat. Of course not. Normal parents, even though by nature sinners, still love their children and they want to give them only good things. How much more then will our perfect Father in Christ not give good things to those who ask Him, who pray to Him, so ask, seek, find. The Lord Jesus said, knock, and you can trust that God, who is your Father through me, will give you good things things that are good for you. And now you might be thinking, but I asked and I received things which don't seem good at all. In fact, if I compare what I received with what someone who never prays received, it seems like I received a lot less. I struggle to make ends meet, but that other person who doesn't even acknowledge God, my neighbor who doesn't even acknowledge God, has more than enough money, and every month he laughs all the way to the bank. So how can I trust that my Father in heaven is really giving me the good things He promised me if I would ask? Well, don't be deceived by appearances, brothers and sisters. When you pray and you persist in prayer from your heart, then your Father in heaven will certainly give you good things, and you can trust that, depend on that. And then maybe he gives you less than the person beside you in the, in, in the street who never prays to God. But then that's because he knows it wouldn't be good for you to have what he has. He knows what's best for you. Because if you had what he has, maybe your heart would depart from him. And maybe that person who never prays receives so much he doesn't know what to do with it all, but sadly, all that he receives is not a blessing for him. In fact, it's a curse to him because it'll testify against that person when he stands before God on the last day and has to give account of what he did and with what he received. Then, on that day, he wished he never received it. The thing is, the Lord Jesus teaches us to ask, to seek, and to knock. And then he says, you will certainly receive, find, and have opened. Your heavenly Father will certainly give you good things, things that help you to serve his kingdom, things that will help you in your faith and not lead you away from him. Things that will bring you closer to him. As long as you work to the best of your abilities and look to him in prayer for blessing and everything. And, and congregation, the more we trust in him like that, the more we'll understand that he does bless us 
with exactly what we need. Each of us with what is good for us. Then more and more too, we will withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in Him. And then we'll realize as much as past generations did who lived through depressions and wars, that we need to pray to Him for our daily bread. Also today, amen.